so I drink a lot of herbal tea, right? And obviously I can't help but think, can you literally take any plant? So, for example, dandelion, ginger root, green tea, anything that we have in like herbal teas. Can you take anything from anywhere and just add hot water to it and it becomes human edible? Or is there going to become a point where you can't just put anything in terms of a tea because it's just not designed to be in our body? Well, that's a really great question. I don't really know a lot about herbal teas. Um, my daughter is an herbalist, so I'd have to refer that question to her. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but uh, she grows her own herbs and makes herbal tea and literally can take plants and flowers and turn them into a beautiful herbal tea that will heal any type of um, situation that people might have. So I usually refer to her. She lives in California on herbal teas but it so you literally can just put things like lavender plant dip it in water and drink it or is it like a chemical process that it goes through to like take stuff out or can you literally just grab a leaf and make a tea well usually what they do is they dry it so they'll take lavender or uh, chamomile is a good another good example and then you dry it and then then you uh, pour hot water over it and steep it um, for a little bit and that's the tea so you don't have to do anything additional to that um, that's what that's what's easy about it it's it's so easy to do um, and anybody can do it do you think that um, herbal tea has healing remedies oh absolutely and there's different uh, combinations of herbs that you can put together that will um, heal different types of remedies um, so it's it's and a lot of people are going back to that you know getting back to nature and getting back to the simple things instead of going for, um, you know, drugstore um, remedies. It's going back to old school herbal remedies. I have um, a grandson who's 14 and he's a little bit different than the, te the average 14 year old and he likes to read, but he loves herbal tea. So he'll be sitting there drinking his tea, reading his book. <laughs> Um, yeah, so. <laughs> I, I don't drink alcohol. Um, and uh, two two New Year's New Year's and they were all drinking beer, vodka, vodka, whiskey, getting drunk. And I came <laughs> with my uh, five tea bags. I had uh, peppermint tea, green tea, and uh, this other tea. And people couldn't believe that I brought tea to a New Year's <laughs> Eve party when they're all drinking beer. And you know beer pong, where you throw the ping pong ball into the beer cup? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, I was using my cup full of tea as the beer pong. And, and one person said to me, I can't believe you're drinking tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Just, yeah, it is. Because when you think about, yeah, come on. Uh, I was going to say, I, I one of my favorites is peppermint tea. So I drink peppermint tea every day, but I have a recipe for you. So let's say you have you have some hot chocolate at the house and, you know, you, you wanted to make a mint hot chocolate, but you didn't have any mint. You just take the herbal tea, the, the uh, mint, and put it in your hot chocolate, and voila, you have uh, mint hot chocolate. <laughs> I actually did that the other day, and it works great. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, like anything and everything has come from something already in the past. Like all these man-made medicines, they all use glimpses of opioids and everything, which is a plant. And we, we have teas as plants. So everything that man has come up with, man's all been doing that for so many, many, many years before. It just becomes lost in like translation. So everyone's going back to all these natural remedies. They will hopefully should technically provide the same cure to the body as man-made stuff. 
hopefully a lot better because man-made has other shit that happens when you take it whereas natural stuff it would just counteract that balance back to nature which is just being in a natural state and your cells should be growing as healthy but yeah herbal industry now is absolutely massive there's so many teas of everything it is and what's great about it is it's actually really easy to do anybody can grow herbs on their windowsill or in their backyard or on the on the patio or on the roof or wherever and just dry it and make your own uh, herbal remedies that's the great part about it it's literally going back to um, simple. Sometimes we just go back to the simple things in order to move forward. And so I love that. And um, I learned I learned a lot of this from my daughter, who's um, like I said, she's an herbalist, and they own an organic farm in California. And so I, I learned a lot from her in terms of Mother Earth and how it can heal us and the simple things that you can do um, uh, to do that. She also, uh, her and her husband recently went to Peru, and she also makes uh, an all-natural herbal first aid kit. And I told her, I said, do you know how many people would love to have a first aid kit to take with them on a hike or a travel made from all-natural ingredients? I said, you need to, we need to market this. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so never she, heard of that. She, yeah, isn't that great? You can literally make a first aid kit for travel out of all natural um, ingredients and things that you um, that you have, and so that's what she did for herself and her husband. And it gave me an idea. I said we could, you know, a lot of people would purchase that. Um, to having it all all together, if they get it going on a trip somewhere. I'm going to India in September, so I would love to have one of those. I'll have to put that in her. I've had to put that on my birthday list. <laughs> Yeah, like that's a that's a whole new market. Like after you know the 2012 thing about the world coming to an end, um, it's not like the world's just going to suddenly fall off and like everything's going to fall off. It's like the change of what we are used to is going to be different, and everyone's becoming more natural. We're becoming more aware. Yes. Aware of diet and drinks, and that comes with going back to nature and having like a first aid kit with pure natural herb stuff as opposed to like antibiotics and made from all these chemicals and alcohol and ethanol. Yeah. I think that's a massive market because um, people are waking up and people are, there's so many people now that want natural everything. Um, yeah. Even like vegan stuff, forget, you know, like the animal cruelty side to it. It makes you feel so much healthier. It's good food. You're going back to the basics of nature and eating what we should be eating, not, kfc and you know processed bollocks from mcdonald's absolutely the other thing too i'm a, i'm older um i'll be 58 this year i'm i changed my diet a few years ago and you know i i like to tell younger people in particular it's really important to start when you're young eating the right things taking care of your body and when i was in my 20s I used to think 50 and 60 was so far ahead, you know, so far away. Boy, I don't I don't have to, you know, it just seems so far away. And now I find myself in that spot where in, in a year and a half, I'll be 60 years old. It's almost unbelievable. I'm like, you know, 60 years old. So I uh, and I work out and I take care of myself and I'm very healthy. But I've I started at a fairly young age and I if it, I could tell any of the younger people today, anything is to start now when you're young, eating the right foods, 
getting back to nature, um, making sure you're taking care of your body, your the temples that you have, your foundation for your whole life, um, and do it now because when you get to be my age, it, you can't go back. You know, it's it's all it needs to be started at a young age. So that's my message for everybody out there today. So um, I tell my mum that the government birth date, her age, is not connected to a bio, bio, biology birth age. So my mum's 55, but she has all these tests and her biology age is 38. So she's somebody who's 20 years younger. Now she is she exercises like four times a week. There's 100 lengths in the pool on the weekend. So um, that's great. So, so, so people expect stuff to happen at a certain age, like certain people that they know get cancer or disease or heart disease or whatever at a certain age so they almost expect to get that so they don't do any change it's almost like well it's hereditary it's going to happen my grandfather got this at that age there's nothing I can do and it's like well you all have that mindset that's why you're all getting the disease because you thought well there's nothing I can do so you kept on eating shit having bad sleep drinking crap food you know drinking bad drinks and having crap food and actually doing that is a reason why everyone has these issues and by not doing that you you change your body's age significantly like the government age is just a number that government give to you to, to sort of recognize how many humans are on the planet but your body like a plant will try and survive for the longest amount of time if there's no water it will store the water if there's you know lots of space it will grow out and get more nutrients and if there's no space then it will just stay as it is like if you get a plant unless you put it in a, a flower pot it will sort of stay that size but you put it into a big pot that flower grows you give it sun it will grow up um and yeah you're right the things that we do have such an impact on our bodies that we literally take it for granted like you can pretty much live for as long as you want you know like it, it's it's true you and, die when you want to die yeah and what happens to a lot of people the other thing that is really important is stress Stress will kill you. Stress will, so along with not eating well and not exercising and you have, a, let's say you have a very stressful job or a very stressful life. And then along with that, with a mindset of, well, this is what happened to my grandparents when they were 55. Um, it's really um, quite literally a death sentence at that point. And you can, I'm physical proof that you can almost, um, not reverse aging, but you can stop it in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and, and it's, it. I don't feel my age. I feel like I'm 19 on the inside. So I take care of myself like I'm 19. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. I, I don't have the mindset of, a, of what pe most people would call an older person. And I uh, am on a spiritual journey currently, I'm here in the UK on a wealth yogi program and what that's taking care of is the stress level in, in my body and it makes a huge difference as we age and then we're able to do things with our kids, our grandkids, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to do the same thing that, I, that a 25 year old can do physically, which is awesome. <laughs> I love that. And and I, I can live my life, you know. Hang on, say that last bit again. It cracked out. The uh, audio is gone robotic. Oh, I I I was saying um, so I can live my life the way I want to live it with passion and purpose. And I I'm out here 
um, doing things and active and planning on a hike in the Himalayas in September. And I went to Bali in December and um, I'm in the UK now for three months and I'm doing all of these things um, because I've taken care of myself and my body and the journey will help take care of alleviate stress. And um, so that's the way to go. It's, it's amazing what you can do, you know, with your mindset um, that's good for your body and your, your whole life. So. Yeah. Humans have this thing. Um, it's telly something, but it basically predicts when you're going to die and the length of the telly thing um, says whether you're going to live longer or younger and stress shortens it. And once you shorten it, you can't get it back. Um, right. So stress has a massive impact on your body. Wow. Um, almost irreversible whereas diet you can reverse once you right. shorten that that thing it is irreversible and um, we always mimic the patterns around us so for example if you've got a young girl who's working in an office for 50 year olds who are menopausing and they've got cancer and all this shit then you're going to start to get checkups and you're going to come part of that conversation and then and then you're around all this stuff and you literally become their vibration their issues their thoughts and then it's just nature adapting to its environment, right? Right. So it's so again, it just shows that a, you can create a life just by believing a life is as is that, right? And your example of when you just live your life and be happy, it doesn't matter how many wrinkles you have in your face, how old you are, you're just enjoying your life. And if you're enjoying the moment, you go from a 20-year-old to an 80-year-old, and then hopefully your heart just stops and you die 120. And you didn't know any different. Like on the inside, you're still the little girl at 19, just like I'm still a six year old. My parents are like, when are you going to grow up? I said, I'm not going to fucking grow up. I'm just not going to grow up. There's no such thing as growing <laughs> up. Right. You mimic your surroundings. So if you're with professional people, then you act professional, mature. But when you're yeah. with the grandkids, what you're doing, you're picking each other's nose, you're farting, you're having fun, you're being immature, <laughs> you're being a child again. So you've gone yeah. down to that child's mentality and up to your boss's mentality. What does that say? The inner child never leaves you. You choose when to show it based on if you're going to be judged or what the environment is like. But really, you're just aware and you're living your life being happy. And if you don't look in the mirror, then you won't know what aging is on the outside because you won't know what wrinkles are. You know, years ago, the only time man saw what man looked like was from a river, from the water reflection, right? Apart from that, he just looks at his other fellow man, just be like, well, I must look like that because they all look the same, big beard and hair. But you won't know what aging is, which means it's right. on the inside. And it's just, again, you die when you want to die. Your body gives up when you give up. Um, and a tree will just keep growing until it, it hasn't got what it needs to, to live and that's why a lot of these monks they live very old ages like there's monks been found that are more than 200 years old that wow. we don't know about because again it's just they're in the middle of like the himalayas or whatever but you can have a such a great life and live as for pretty much as long as you want absolutely and and live a good life that makes a difference too because there are there are people that um are living their life but they're 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 not happy they're not doing the things that they've always wanted to do and one of my biggest fears and you probably have heard other people say this uh when i get to the point where i'm going to leave this earth i want to i i want i want i don't want to say to myself i should have i could have um or i would have if i did i would have done this if i if this was this i want to say wow what a fantastic life i've had what a 
what I remember when I did this and remember when I did that and I took the, the initiative to do that. And that's the difference. Living your life with passion. Hang on. Stop. Stop one second. So that's what. Up. Um, Hang on. Say the last five seconds again. I was saying that helping other people out a part of living a good um, uh, life with passion and purpose. And that has a lot to do with it as well. Um, I take what I've learned through my life and now I help other people that are going through the same things that I went through. Um, I help people with trauma and addiction. Um, and, it, you know, that makes me feel good as a person. And that's part of me living my life with passion and purpose. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. And um, the people that you are surrounded with make a huge difference. So the people that you choose to hang out with, the people that you are with daily. I am right now um, in a house with eight people that are all on a spiritual journey. And it's the most wonderful thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life where I am literally in heaven um, every day. Uh, no matter what else is happening in my life, I'm in heaven with people that are on the same uh, wavelength as I am, with the same vibrations. That it's, it's an amazing experience. And um, it just goes to show that who you are with and who you surround yourself with makes a huge difference in how you live your life and how you feel about it and how you feel about yourself uh, and, and other people. So um so yeah we, we've all come from different tribes yeah different tribes different belief systems and we've sort of merged into one country which is one tribe but yet there's so many different tribes in that tribe so you can't expect everyone to have the same belief and as much as you want to for example tell that young person who's going into an office full of 50 year old ladies with heart disease cancer and, sh and all this shit because of how they've lived their life and she sees that as well that's just what life is like and she's literally creating that life by focusing on it if you could take that person out put them into your yogi spiritual house she would become another person but it's how do you tell somebody that all that cancer and disease stuff doesn't exist she's like what the fuck are you on about of course it does it's like how do you explain that and the point is that you can't change people you've got to focus on you perfect yourself perfect five around you and they will perfect five and now you've made 25 changes you have to start from like within it's like the seed in the ground will start to grow outwards and and you know it was and, and that's that's the thing these days everyone tries to change as many people and try to change people who can't be changed and so by changing yourself you become a role model and people start seeing your lifestyle and how you're almost 16 you're living like you're a 19 year old sky dump skydiving doing whatever you want and people are like what well, how the fuck are you supposed to be doing that i'm slowing down i've just retired at 60 i'm like fucking <laughs> like, retired i retire when i fucking die mate retired you may stop <laughs> you may stop making money from your boss but jesus christ you're gonna sit in a chair with her reading the newspaper <laughs> taking your dog for a walk <laughs> fuck off you will be dying at that rate jesus it's, like your body needs oh. to go out there yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And and that's so what really prompted me to do this wealth yogi thing is I was sitting there one day and I said, OK, I have if I'm lucky. Maybe the last five seconds again, it froze. Hang on. Go on. I was saying that um, the other day I was thinking or a few weeks ago, actually, I was thinking 
um, I have maybe, if I'm lucky, 30 good years left on me. That's the kind of the way I was looking at it in chronological order, you know, numbers. And if you look back on the last 20 years, 20 years ago seems like yesterday. So I'm like, holy shit, I better get going. I need, I need, I have some life to be there. I've only, you know, I still have a lot of years ahead of me, but I've lived half of my life already. And that's when I realized that I need to get my ass in gear and um, just start doing the things that I actually really want to do instead of sitting there thinking about it. And so I'm literally just starting my seventh life. That's the way I look at it. I'm just starting to live another whole life. And it's so exciting to me at my age um, because I see so many other people, um, you know, they're ready to sit like you said, sit in a rocket um, They go to work, they come home, they watch the news and get all depressed. And I have, I have, I do not want any part of that. So, um, <laughs> so I'm out doing some fun things and um, just ha- having a blast and living my life and being a role model for my grand, I have four grandkids, um, being a role model for my daughters, my grandkids, um, and the, the people that, um, that I know that know me and, um, it's it's just great, and so that's that's the way I li- I'm living my life these days, and helping other people. That's a big that's a big thing for me. A lot of people have helped me along the way, so now it's my turn to give back to to people that are in need, people that need help, and there's so many people out there that um, that just need um, some good vibes and some love and some um, some good words, and know that they are cared for and cared about, and so that's kind of where I'm at these days. It's great. Yeah, there's nothing better than um, helping someone, even the slightest, and and the gratitude that they have for you. And it, all it took was you opening your mouth for like maybe two minutes if you're lucky. And so that Absolutely. feeling is incredible where you can duplicate that by telling and helping every single person. Like if you're in the supermarket and that person in front clearly hasn't got five pounds on her and she thought she did. There's nothing more pleasurable for me than to give her five pounds. If I give you ten, go and get yourself some chocolate afterwards. Like there's nothing more powerful than serving another human to get the reaction back and people who go to work they literally they go to work the whole life they think well if I just do this another 30 years then I can retire then I can start doing my gardening and shit like that but they don't realize that when they start to retire at 50 60 their body and their brain is so exhausted from 50 years of slave work for someone else Mm -hmm. that you literally do die in your rocking chair because your brain has been not been doing anything your thing to do then you get dementia because your brain hasn't done anything and it's not doing anything now sitting in your chair and that's to me that's like what waste of a life literally you just made someone else rich and he's living the life that you would have lived now obviously that's how life is set up majority people work for other people and you can't change these people but this is about changing people who can be changed finding people on the same spiritual journey knowing that that's kind of like a small tribe amongst a big tribe you can't look at the big tribe and think well i'm going to change all these people you can't i realize that you can't change the world by changing the world you mean help as many as possible but you can't really change like 20 million people let alone you know a million but it's the feeling of changing ones the same as changing millions because it's just that feeling of like love back wake up the next day it's like a reset now you just got to keep that going um yeah to me life is a holiday when I go, when I die, that's when I go back home. Yeah, absolutely. I'm living on a holiday. You do as much as you can on the holiday. Skydive, bungee jump, trial, different types of foods. And then when I die, 
then that's when I go back to work. But when I die, it's over. So you look at it in reverse. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can relate to the part about being in a job and conditioned, um, you know, as we grow, we, we grow up and we're conditioned to, to go to work and um, or go to college, go to work, get married, all that stuff. I recently uh, was working at a phone store for 15 years, uh, working retail hours. My hours were different every single day. And for probably the last three years, three or four years, I was saying to myself, I need to find something else. You know, I, I was good at what I did, but it was it wasn't satisfying to me. It wasn't I was I was at the mercy of a big company and at the mercy of customers. I was it, it was re- really stressful. Uh, 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 and my oldest daughter, the one with the. Uh, herbal farm, you'll probably guess this, kept saying to me, mom, you need to, you know, go quit, quit this job and go find something to do. The, the problem was that was, that was um, holding me hostage was fear. And the fear of, and what it was, was the fear of letting go of the safety net of this job that I had. I was making good money. I had insurance. I had a 401k. It was my safety net, no matter what, uh, what other crap was going on in my life I always had that good job so for me to let go of that job was really scary I went skydiving last August on my 57th birthday (laughs) and faced a huge huge fear of mine Um, I'm not afraid of flying because I used to be a flight attendant for a short period of time but I am afraid of looking over the edge at things and when I was up there and they opened that door to that plane and we were 14,000 feet up and I literally was scared to death, painfully scared. Like it was a pain here. And the guy that I was attached to said, okay, now you, you're just, in a minute, you're just going to slide your legs over and you're just going to throw them out of the aircraft and hook them underneath. And I'm like thinking to myself, right. I'm like, holy shit, are you serious? But I said to him, okay, forced my because my body was telling me, no, we don't want to do this. I forced it to move over. He, I was attached to him. He was hanging onto the side of the the side of the plane, and then we jumped out. But what that did for me that day was, I realized that fear is an illusion. I mean, it's there to keep you safe, but a lot of times, the fear, most of the time, fear is just a, an, an illusion. That you and once you pass that barrier, once you take a look at it and accept it, and then move past it, and and you've gone past it, it's such a freeing moment um, in life, in my life, and so that was huge for me that day. Uh, the same day I spoke on stage for the first time, so I did two really scary things, and then a couple of months later, um, I really started seriously thinking about quitting my job. And I realized I went to work one day and I realized that that job was killing my soul. It literally was my soul. Uh, and I gave my notice and I quit my job uh, in October, last October. And I'll, I'll tell you another thing about this too. Because I hadn't cleared out that job, the job was no longer serving me, but I was still hanging on to it, right? So because I hadn't quit and I hadn't cleared it out yet I wasn't making room for other things to come in so the whole time I'm working the job thinking why isn't anything happening why can't I do other things well it's because I didn't clear out that old crap 
that wasn't serving me any longer. So once I quit my job, I went in, I gave my notice, quit my job. I, the first three days I was like, yay, I quit my job. And then the, like the fourth day I'm like, holy shit, I quit my job. What am I going to do now? So I, um, you know, started, I had some ideas of what I wanted to do. I really wanted to help people that were in trauma and addiction recovery. So um, I went to a, uh, an event in Bali, met up with a woman um, that has an online coaching business and she, we, we got, we were there for four or five days together and she asked me to be her business partner and do the trauma and addiction recovery on her website. And it just goes to show you that once you release the things that are no longer serving you, you make room for the things that are the good things that are coming in. And literally this opportunity fell in my lap. It literally fell in my lap. So January, we started creating my curriculum and we created a 16 week course. Uh, it's called recovery focus reset. And it just so happens that it's actually launching today. <laughs> so we, we get the whole curriculum done. It's a, it, it's a 16 week course. It has workbooks to it. It has videos, but it's really cool because people can do this right at home. So you don't have to go anywhere to get this coaching help uh, with your trauma and addiction recovery. And it just so happens that it launches at today of all days. So we're so super, you, super excited you, about so that. So you didn't know. Did you know when you went to Bali that this was going to happen? No, had no idea. And um, how quick after you met her were you starting to receive income? She, so we've just started um, to receive income now. We've got a couple of people that have signed up. So it's taken a couple of months um, because we had to build the curriculum from scratch. Um, so we're just starting out. Um, it launches today. We did a webinar a couple of weeks ago um, to let people know what we were doing. And we've got some a couple of people that have signed up. And now going forward, what we're going to do is uh, I'm marketing it through uh, Facebook ads and um, she's going to help me write a book. We'll do a book tour. And all of this is so I'm, you know, all of this started from a chance meeting of a person that I met in Bali um, in December. And we've got it up and running as of today. Uh, it's just been an amazing experience. She's the other point too is that she is um, she's a professional and she one of the things that it's important to know is if you know how to do something you teach other people what you what you know and what you want to do so she has been generous in terms of like knowledge giving me um, her space giving me her time helping me she's literally helped me along this whole journey. Um, I've, I've done, um, two blogs. I've never done a blog in my life. I've done a webinar. I've never done a, had never done a webinar. Um, today is, is my first podcast interview. So this is my very first. Thank you very much for, for mm -hmm. offering me this opportunity. And so it's just been a blessing and just, um, it just goes to show you that if you, um, you know, you can do whatever you want to do and, but you first have to, you have to get rid of that old old crap that's that's no longer serving you you have to take a take a look at in your life okay what is not what is not going well here what is not serving me anymore and get rid of it and be and and face your fear you know I now 
when somebody offers me an opportunity, I say yes, and then I figure it out later. I say yes, yeah. yep, I'll do that. I, I didn't have Skype until today, so like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so I just say yeah, figure it out. <laughs> but that's part of moving past your fears, and that's how you get to do things, and that's how you get to grow, and that's how you get to become um, you know, the, the person that you want to be and live the life that you want to live. That's the thing. When, when when the temperature changes in the animal kingdom, the animals migrate. They just trust their gut and they go. They don't know where the fuck they're going. They don't know whether there's going to be food or a stream there to drink. They just pick up and leave and they always get there. Same as birds. We're no different. We don't need to know where we're going. We just have to know kind of why we're taking action um, and, and things will unfold. And that's a typical story of when you trust your gut, move into the unknown, that paradigm shift, put your will happen and you don't need to know how when or why just know that it will because it just will and out of the blue something will happen like you know you meet somebody in the supermarket or you go to bali stuff happens and you're talking about the mental stuff where you truly have to let go of the of the fear and then you leave space it's almost like you lose a vibration a negative vibration and you gain a positive one and we're constantly shifting from negative vibrations to purely positive and then managing that positive vibration all the time and that fear is a negative vibration and you have to completely let that go and trust the unknown and then that space now your job that wasn't there will be filled with something else but more in alignment with what you want and that's what I want to do I want to teach people that how to find freedom but not the mental stuff the physical stuff for example our life our furniture our photos our, our items our clothes everything is a physical thought which reflects to a time when you were doing that so if i was very unhappy and i was buying furniture and clothes and i suddenly set myself free mentally every time i go in the wardrobe my mindset unconsciously goes back to that time when i was unhappy and i needed that gucci bag to make me feel good so i believe that you can't just jump mentally into a the, the the light for example could you come back home from like the elf the wealth yogi class and you're surrounded with all of the old you in all the materialistic objects so clearing out your shit selling stuff giving stuff to charity being stuff updating the photos from your child when she was nine to 18 now for example you're now not the mum who you were back then and it could have been a stressful time and you look at yourself and you sort of think oh, I didn't like myself then, you're constantly going back in time. So I don't have photos for that reason because we're constantly evolving. We are never the same person. So having photos of a happy time, well, that was then. Like, memories are best kept in your head. And if you're going to have photos, at least update it every year. Don't just keep that photo in that frame because then it'd be like, oh, my little my little babies and they've moved out now. And you're like, well, my life's shit. But they've moved out. I've got nothing to do anymore because... That was my life. And you sort of look at those photos and reminisce of old times and you don't create new times. You right. just live off that old vibration and then like, fuck it. There's nothing to live for anymore. Might as well die. And then actually you give up. And that's why people fucking die, because they choose to or they want to or they have no reason to live. And it's like you have to create your life. If the animals don't migrate, they will die where they are because they're going to get no, they get fucking it's too hot. It's too cold. There's no food. You have to keep moving. And humans are no different. Just because you have a house here or a job here doesn't mean it's there forever. You've got to keep moving like your boss. He's constantly evolving and adapting. And yet you're in the same bloody bit of building selling phones. The phones didn't stay the same. You know, like it's just but people, ha- people 
through no fault of their own, are unaware that they have to create the change. Because they're so used to people telling them to do stuff from school, parents, uni, boss. You've never known what it's like to do what you want. And you're right. Most freeing thing ever when you just think, fuck it, and you do what you want. And then you do it if it was great. And now I bet you'd happily skydive again, right? Oh, absolutely. And I'm happy to do all kinds of other things, too. So and it's and I this is what I tell people. You're gonna, you will feel fear. Like when you go to do something really big. So if it's something that you want to do and it's a huge thing and you, you'll feel this anxiety and a little bit of funny things in your belly, you're gonna feel fear. the 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 big deal is, and and everybody feels fear. The big deal is is to look at it, acknowledge it, and just say. Uh, say hello to it and then say goodbye to it and walk past it. That's that's what you do. It's 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 not a matter of not feeling fear. It's a matter of seeing it, accepting it, and just walking on by and saying goodbye to it. And it's the most freeing thing that I've ever done in my entire life. So now I am able to do that with everything that I choose. And 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 I can and we can teach people how to do that. People that are frozen in their life and and wonder why other people get to do certain things and people have asked me how can you travel to bali and do this and you go into the uk for three months what are you why what are you you're six can, years old woman you should be knitting how, how <laughs> can you do that and i said you just do it you just do it and um so it's 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 a wonderful thing and i too used to have a story and a lot of people do this they have a story of when they grew up uh, and let's say it's not a very good time. I've had some trauma in my life. And my story used to be, um, like if somebody asked me about myself, this is what I used to say. Uh, well, when I was five, my dad, um, in 1968, my dad was 28. And he went fishing with his two friends up north. We live in the state of Maine and the U.S. And there's a lot of fishing and hunting that goes on. They went fishing uh, for the weekend. And all three of them drowned together that weekend. And I was oh. five. And so, but that used to be my story, and I kept that story for a long, many, many years. And what do you think that that vibration did? It put me into a low vibration for many, many years, and and a repeated, rep, repetitive pattern of the same thing. And I couldn't figure out why I kept doing the same things over again, choosing the same type of relationships, um, doing, and and finally I have figured it out. <laughs> And I have a whole different story um, about my life, and and it, it totally has changed how I see things, how uh, I do things. Um, it's it's just an amazing um, experience, and just knowing that part of it um, and changing my life story to, you know, I still, you know, I don't think of it as, you know, those are things that have happened, but that's not who I am, and that's not my story. Um, so it's it's kind of an interesting take on it. Uh, but like you said, if you if you're stuck in that low vibration of stuff that happened back then and you're constantly living in the past, you're never going to you're never going to live the life that you want to live uh, until you until you stop doing that. So I remember when I um, first became aware of the law of attraction, all this stuff. Um, I used to be so nervous speaking to girls in clubs and I used to get anxiety walking into the club in the queue. My heart used to pound. I had no confidence to dance, speak to anyone. I was so scared of rejection. And then I stopped going out with my friends because they wanted to stay there all night and I wanted to leave and I was stuck and I stopped going out. And then I used to go clubbing by myself four times a week. 
because I could leave when I wanted and turn up when I wanted. But more importantly is I had all the fear of speaking to girls and dancing to people. So I used to go there by myself. In my head, I used to say, right, you're going to go up to that girl and you're just going to speak to her just normally. She's like a family member, just like a cousin, just like a neighbor, just like to have a conversation. No, don't think she's judging you based on your looks. Just speak to her as if you're her fucking friend. Right. And then you just do that. And then they speak to you like you're their friend. And then you're like, fuck me. This is all in my head. It's all in my head. If I show nervousness, she's going to be nervous. And then it's just going to be this nervous backwards and forwards. If you speak like there's somebody in the shoe shop wanting a pair of shoes, they're not nervous saying, oh, do you uh, have these <laughs> shoes? They're just going to be like, hey, you got the shoes. They're just going to fucking flow. So it's a yeah. perception of whether you're being judged or not. And I kept doing that. And I could speak to anyone in my head. In my voice, in my head would say, right, go up to that girl. I got up to, It was almost like I was being undercover by somebody in my ear. <laughs> Like yeah. in practical jokers, right? When you go up to that girl and say, God, your hair looks good. Even if it doesn't look good, it's irrelevant. It's about overcoming that fear of, you know, saying it. So I'd be like, your hair looks amazing. Where's it from? Oh, my God, it looks great. Um, Where's your bag? That's so good. You're so good at dancing. Really? Yeah, like you're really good at dancing. Oh, I'm just dancing. And now you see vulnerability in them and nervousness in them. And now you start to nurture them and become an authoritative figure. And they don't, they kind of surrender to you. And now your confidence increases. You can go up to anyone and realise they're all insecure. They're all nervous. They're all weak. And that you are weak as well, but you're growing. And now you literally can go to anyone at any point. And I remember once, because at that time, everyone's getting drunk and they're trying to find themselves and they're crying and, you know, they're depressed and whatever. I went up to so many people. I just hugged them. Didn't speak to them. I just saw they were upset and I hugged them. And that's all they needed was a hug. Didn't get their number. Didn't try and fuck them afterwards. Just hugged them. And that yep. was it. That's what I called a spiritual gift. I just hugged you. You're not alone at that point. And eventually I'd gone clubbing so often, done that type of stuff, seen people, nurtured them, loved them, listened to them. But I, I didn't go clubbing again. I used to go four times a week. And at like 23, 24, I felt my job was done. My confidence came back. I'd increased in energy. I served my purpose. And I looked around and I saw everyone as vibrations. And I was a positive vibration looking at it from the God point of view, from the balcony. Everyone there was dancing, trying to be symmetrical with their friends and their dance move. And I saw them all vibrating the same. And then I realized, wow, we're just energy vibrating in a box. And yeah. then I never went clubbing again after going four times a week. And in fact... I haven't really gone clubbing since because that was a period of my life of the clubbing time. And and mm -hmm. yeah, so I overcame my fear by facing my fear and had my own voice as like a therapist telling me in real time, go and do that. See, I told you would be OK. She's just like you. She's just nervous. Be confident. And, and I trusted that voice like it was God. Technically, it was call it whatever you want. And that was it. I freed myself from all the fear I'd ever had. Yeah. Yeah. And once you do that, it's it's uh, it's it's such a freeing feeling. Um, I used to do the same thing when I was in sales and we I'd be nervous about going up to somebody. And I used to think the same thing as you. Uh, Hang your on, neighbor. it's gone robotic. Say that last five seconds again. Um, I was saying that I used to do the same thing as you uh, were just describing when I was a salesperson. If I was nervous going up to a particular customer, I would say, just pretend it's your neighbor. It's your neighbor. Talk to them like you're, they're your neighbor. <laughs> they're your friend, you know? And so that's what I did. And, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing, uh, what you can, what you can tell yourself and getting past that fear. And it's just an illusion. It's an illusion. Your brain is just trying to keep you safe and you can tell it, you know, thank you for trying to keep me safe, but I'm going to do this anyway. Um, so 
it's it's just an illusion. Hey, um, do you do do you have you ever made a vision? Do you make a vision board at all? Uh, yes, I, I, ha I have two whiteboards. I've got one whiteboard for personal goals and the other one for business goals. So yeah. I've had vision boards since like when I was 21, when I became aware of this. And I realized that a lot of thoughts used to go around in my head and they wouldn't really go anywhere because they'd all be in my head. And every time I needed to sort of think, OK, what am I going to do now? I'd have to go through all these thoughts to find out what I was doing. And so much energy was wasted. So now I have a vision board. I write all my thoughts down. I work out what's relevant now what isn't relevant what I can do in the future and then focus on like the five thoughts now for example and I sort of go for those five thoughts wipe it off and put the next five thoughts so I'm not constantly thinking about the bigger goal I'll get to the bigger goal by focusing on the small goal and yeah. the vision board helped me enormously because I can see my brain outside so I don't have to go inside and then waste energy um trying to work it all out because it's right. on the board yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and and visually, it helps. But I wanted to tell you a quick story about me and vision boards. I did my very first vision board uh, a year ago. And I made this. It was a big one, like really, really big. And like as big as my couch. I wanted yeah. it really big. And I, I made the pictures really big. And, I, you know, it was my first one. So I put the pictures on it. When it wanted to win an award, I want a car, I wanted to travel and you know things like that. And I kind of I, I had it so that every morning from my bed I could see it and every morning when I got up I could see it. So I was I'd look at it and it'll be like, Yeah, that would be, you know, really cool. And so this past January, a friend of mine and I decided to make a new vision board for the year for twenty twenty. And um he was looking at my vision board and he's looking at all the things on it and he's like do you realize that you have manifested every single thing on your vision board? And I looked at it and I hadn't really looked at it that much. Like I hadn't, because it wasn't exactly the same exact stuff. Like I put a big sports car on there. I got a really nice new car, but and it looked kind of like that car The I put an award. I was used to be part of Beachbody. It's a workout um, program. And um, I used to sell that. And so I wanted to, be up on stage and win an award well I won an award not through Beachbody but it was through a different company and it was totally unexpected so every single thing I put on that vision board came true and I stood there and it was when I realized how powerful that having a vision board and and really feeling the, the, the things on it and that it actually works so this new one that I just did recently is I really did it all up and uh, put some uh, not just pictures, but sayings and things. And um, but it's it's amazing. So for people that have never done vision, it, um, it's really incredible and it works it and, it, and visually seeing it every day. Um, hang on. Stop. It's bad signal right there. Hang on. Really? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Save that last five seconds again. So keeping things visually uh, or seeing things visually really keeps the vibration high and keeps it in your brain without, like you said, without having to really use a lot of energy to think about it because you you receive a lot of things through your eyes. Um, so even just seeing those things every day helps with uh, you manifesting um, what you want. Um, I, a year ago... Um, Bali came up from a man 
from a manifestation. Um, and how that worked was I saw uh, Master Sri Akarshana in Bali with his grandmaster, and they, he was doing an interview, and I said, I want to go there. I'm going to be there next year. And a year later, I was in Bali with Master Sri Akarshana and Grandmaster, um, literally. I had no idea how I was going to do it. I really didn't think about it all year. It wasn't like I was planning it, but it all kind of came to fruition towards the end of last year. So it's like October. I realized that I had an opportunity to actually go, and I took it, and and it was it and I it was just amazing. I manifested that trip to Bali. It's that's how it works. Yeah, so it's like every time you go past a car in the window or go past some flowers in a florist, you see them feeling vibration. You smell them feeling vibration. Every time you go past that shop, you feel it and smell it all the time. So that it's like an affirmation, a reinforcement every single time of that feeling of how it makes you feel. Whereas I found that if I just relied on what was in my head, that vision, then it's just like you need more. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just like yeah. see that Ferrari. You need to be able to smell it, see it, see the alloys, see what it looks like, hear the sound. Get, you know, it's so many more factors. And the vision board is essentially taking what's in your head and projecting it like times one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So now you've got like nine times the amount of chance of getting it because you've now got so many other factors helping you. You know, what it smell, taste, touch, you know, everything else with it. Your friend saying, let's go out for dinner. And you visualize going out for dinner with your friend and picking your friend up. And his parents says, wow, look at your car. The neighbor says, can you keep the noise down your exhaust? And that is energy. <laughs> Whereas if yeah. you just sit in your head, that car, well, that's it. So a right. visual board is crucial to, to, cl- to seeing clarity in what you really want. Because it's only when you write down all your thoughts that you realise, I still have that handbag in my head, but that was three years ago. And you've not realised that they don't even sell it anymore. It was just, it's still in your head. So you don't realise that that's wasting energy, that thought of a handbag that the shop's not even selling. So writing yeah. it down on the vision board allows you to sort of scrap it off. And now you can focus on the main thoughts like like you did with your vision board where you did everything unconsciously because now it's automatic that you know what you're going towards, even though you're not focusing on it constantly. Um, and to remove clutter in a house, for example, you can create more room for new stuff. And yeah. that's why vision board for thoughts for me is important because you can remove the shit that doesn't make sense anymore. That is just old thoughts like just it's just amazing how much shit is in our head from years and years and years ago. And I remember oh, yeah. telling my dad, you said you were going to do that, right? He goes, yeah. When do you think about that? How many years ago? And he said, four years ago. Like I said, he says, oh, I need to put that fence up. Oh, where did you think about that? Oh, three years ago. So that thought isn't relevant now. That was relevant three years ago. But we say, oh, I should have done that. Oh, I was going to do that. Oh, I need to watch that. Fucking years ago, that DVD has sat there. You were going to watch that four years ago. Get the message. You're not going to watch it. And like remove that thought. That's just nonsense in your head as you walk around the house i need to do that I need to do this i need to do that nothing happens it's a waste of energy mm-hmm. you know what another thing i did recently was i got rid of the clothing that i had that was given to me by my ex now ex-husband uh you know shirts and sweatshirts and stuff that i kept because i really liked the sweatshirt <laughs> so i went to my closet recently um and literally took everything that had was connected because you're right every time I 
picked up that sweatshirt and put it on, I thought of him. He's my now ex-husband. So um, yeah. I got I got rid of it. I put it in a bag and I took it and I gave it to Goodwill. And now somebody else has it. And I, I, I now ha- am clear of uh, those things that held that vibration and that I thought of and it, that was keeping me in the past. It's really a cool exercise to do. So, and I think a lot of people hang on to stuff that they don't need that's keeping them, keeping them in a, um, in a place that they don't really need to be so that they can't move on. Um, so that, I thought that was really, that was really powerful for me. Like people's garages and people's lofts, right? That is dangerous. If you yeah. get, if you have a garage or a loft, that is dangerous because what happens is, is that you don't want to deal with anything and you put it in the garage. So now the old you never leaves you. It's in the yeah. garage. Right. And you are in that garage in the form of files, paperwork, clothes. Like yeah. my mum in the loft had charity bags 20 years ago that she was gonna give to charity. <laughs> and do you know what I did with all the stuff in the loft? I took it all to the dump. Yeah. Everything. Her yeah. aunt's rocking table, my cot when I was younger, pillows, curtains, fucking lampshades, suitcases, quilts, like thick quilt, thin quilt. Every fucking thing was in that loft. It was, oh, I'm going to do that. And 15 years later, I never have time to do any of it. I've yeah. been the whole damn lot. And she didn't even know what would, what, uh, what had gone because she didn't really know what was up there. Because, <laughs> you know, so physical stuff is just as important as mental stuff. Because yeah. if you suddenly and you know your ex-husband's dress or whatever or you went you remember we going out for dinner with him and it was an argument and then you came back and then you found out your rabbit died or stuff that the triggers their thoughts it's just you're going back into a mindset of like 20 years ago for example i yeah. mean I, I helped somebody clear their garage out she had two divorced two divorced people their paperwork and photos of two divorces it was just in boxes she moved house three times and all that shit went from house to house to house and in fact she only got a bigger house because it had a bigger garage to store the shit from the last (laughs) house so now you spent 30 grand to store ex-husband's paperwork and all the other shit that comes with it 30 grand that could have gone on to other stuff so that is why it's crucial to let go of physical objects update photos bin clothes change the carpet because it just triggers off old things and old times you can't move forward if you're going back yeah absolutely 100 percent absolutely (laughs) (laughs) even like even like bed sheets and like like you know you went shopping with that person for bed sheets and then you're in a bed with another man it's like right it's awkward so you've got to bid those bed sheets because he liked the ex liked i don't know elephants and this guy doesn't so it's like every time you get into bed you look at the elephant on the pillow looking at you and you're like fuck i'm fucking him but i'm thinking about fucking him and he's like are you you okay what's wrong oh nothing just keep going time to get rid of them (laughs) yeah literally yeah yeah it it, I was taught that by uh my mentor and uh I I actually really didn't think it was that big of a deal until I did it and then I'm like wow this is this is amazing (laughs) so that's a good one Mm -hmm. yeah like my mom used to to walk around the house saying she wanted to do this needed to do that I need to do this and I took over her life and I started to do all the things she was going to do so now she had nothing left to do so now she could think of new stuff to do and bring into her life rather than old stuff she needed to do because I'd done all the old stuff I'd you know did the garden I did that I did this I fixed the leaky tap I fixed the squeaky door can you hear me still Hang on, it's frozen. 
I don't know whether you can hear me or not. Wait a sec. Yeah. Yeah. I could hear you the whole time. Uh, say something else. Okay. So yeah, I would me? then. I would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would then, you know, go to the bottle bank, do this and do that, get the charity closed on. So now she had no old thoughts of I need to do that. Now she could create. So now she could think I'm going to get new curtains, new carpet, new sofas, new wardrobes, new car. And she did because she had yeah. time to do it. And yeah. I gave her the money to do it because as a kid, I used to take all the money from her to do everything right you know school stuff and whatever now she could create new stuff and before you know it the whole house was new everything new carpet new painted walls new lampshades new furniture no joke of a lie we've not changed the carpet or painted the walls for five years my dad used to get the job to paint the bathroom and then the toilet and then the lounge and the conservatory because she was unhappy within every time she looked out she saw i don't like that i want change but it was always change 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 my poor dad just kept painting every fucking thing and then all the time was spent on going to the shop to get paint paint time that could have been spent elsewhere okay so now she did all the stuff and she found an internal happiness she didn't need to get new stuff so now the whole house has been new for ages because now she looks out she sees the person she wanted she wanted this she wanted that new sofa new this new that now she's happy now she doesn't need to paint the fucking room every damn five minutes you know um so yeah so so huge uh, um that is so huge and um oh i was just i just lost a thought i was going to say something about that and i just it just disappeared on me i hate that when that happens uh, i can't think of it now so you're speaking about how when people have they hold on to stuff they underestimate what is that that is doing to their brain. Like every time they get up, they walk past something. I need to do that. And now when you go throughout your day, your energy is focused on certain shops based on that thing you need to do. So now you're looking there rather than over there. And so what you see impacts your brain and how it how it operates. But we take it for granted because it's just all that we know. And people clutter, they hoard, they keep everything in drawers like so much shit in drawers just shit screws bolts nuts elastic bands like hair bands (laughs) from your kid who doesn't have long hair anymore like (laughs) like i know what i was i know what i was gonna say so since i've been on my spiritual journey and have healed a lot of my inner things my spending habits have completely changed in that i used to do the same thing oh i it's it's springtime i need a new outfit because it makes me feel better uh you know, I used to do that. Oh, it's summer. I need another new outfit. I didn't need any clothes. I, I, I will, when I came on this trip, I went to my closet and I said, I might need to get some things. And I looked at all my things and I'm like, I don't need to get anything. I don't buy. Now I do not buy anything that just because to make myself feel good, because I'm, I'm not missing the crucial stuff on the, you know, fixed I'm fixing the things on the inside and it's completely changed how I look at buying things, having to have things to make myself feel better because the inside wasn't, wasn't feeling good. So I, I totally um, get what you're saying about that. It's changed my, the way I spend, I, I don't even spend money anymore. Um, I have more money than I've ever had because I think of it differently. You know, I buy things that I want, but I'm buying it for the reason that I either need it or 
because I'm misside. Um, so that it's, it's a, that's an amazing uh, thing for me as well. It is crazy how much money we spend on clothes every year. Forget the iPhone and like the Xbox and the Xbox games, £40 a game. Think about how much money we spend on clothes. It must be like a £1,000, like £50 an item, whatever, yeah? You buy it randomly. So you've got two grand in the bank. You suddenly buy 50 quid. It, it, it doesn't seem like it, but it adds up. You think you could get a massage with that. You can holiday every weekend for two days for that. You can go out for a nice expensive meal. You can like you could give like there's so much amazing stuff that yeah. you can get when you don't spend money on clothes. It's like you could get a candle. You can like I can't even Good explain. Good food. It's, yeah, exactly. Like you say, oh, we can't afford this this um, ribeye steak. We can only afford stir- sirloin. It's an extra five quid. Oh, but you spent fifty pound every month on that stupid shirt, which you haven't even worn yet. But you can't have that steak and that that dessert. Or you have to get the train there because you can't get a taxi. And that taxi could easily have been bought one month if you didn't buy one top, which is in that wardrobe. Yeah. You just have to realign yourself and yeah. so much money can go on other stuff that makes you feel great that you won't want to buy clothes again because you'll realise I can go on holiday every month. Even if right. it's two weeks two days a week, I can go to any restaurant I want. I can do this and I can do that. A massage, pedicure every yeah. month. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do that because I was buying some stupid shorts or a skirt which doesn't I haven't even worn and I've got fucking millions of shirts and, and right. skirts. Yeah, don't even need. <laughs> and look, think about how yeah. much we spend on coffee. How much yeah. we spend on coffee? Three pound of coffee? Bloody hell. Yeah, I stopped drinking coffee. Um, I went caffeine free. Um, and I was spending a lot of money because I was a coffee snob. So I had to have the best coffee and I had to grind it every morning. And I was spending a lot of money on coffee. <laughs> uh, you know, things like that. It's um, it's interesting when you when you look at it. Um, and you start healing the things on the inside and your whole world looks differently. Um, I look, I see myself differently as a different person, which is a good thing. Um, but, uh, I'm so happy. Uh, you know what I spend my money on? Uh, I spend my money on personal development. Um, so if I want to go on a trip to the UK for three months, I can go. If I want to go to Bali to, a, a you know, I, I can go. I, if I want to go to the Himalaya Mountains um, to go on a hike, I can go. That's what I spend my money on. So it's all good. No, like so many people, they will spend the money on the same things that they've been doing, right? And they don't realize that the thing that you want is just a thought away. Like not spending that three pound on coffee every day adds up to 15 pound a week. You can get a massage. Like, right. That's, it's, it's a crazy mindset, but so simple. And, you know, the, if, for example, the cost of living doesn't meet what we earn. So we earn, say, $10 an hour. A house is 400 grand and everything. Wi-Fi, Internet, sofas. Yeah. If you look at it like that, you're never going to be able to keep up. But who says you need that phone? Who says you need the Wi-Fi? Who says you need a fucking two grand couch? Who says you need these clothes? When you stop spending money on all this stuff and you get your, say, two grand paycheck, you will find it hard to spend that money. If you mm-hmm. stop buying all the stuff that you buy when you get paid, clothes, food, Xbox and shit, it's hard to spend two grand. I've tried this because if I'm thinking about, you know, getting a, a car or whatever, yeah, that takes four months to save up. But when I've got two grand and a massage, I'm like, what do I do? I can't get a massage again. I have to get it next week. But then next week I get paid again. I've got all this money. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do with it? Because <laughs> I prioritize what I'm spending it on. And it's like, 
wow, if I try to live this life of 400 grand house and everything, yes, I'm going to have no bloody money. But if I just have a nice house, simple, don't need five million bedrooms and a big pool in the garden. Yeah. Live close to a park. I mean, Jesus Christ, you've got money coming in every month. That's before you decided to work for yourself. That's just with your employee paycheck. It's phenomenal. Don't need a thousand pound iPhone. I when I moved, I moved two years ago uh, by myself, moved into a place and the the place that I was living before I moved, we had it was a beautiful place, log cabin, pine on the inside. But we had, you know, the big 64 inch TV and all that stuff. Well, when I moved, I would have had to have purchased another television. And I said, you know what? I don't need a TV. I don't need a TV. I don't need cable. I don't need internet because I had internet on my phone because I worked for the phone store. So I moved into my place. I had my electricity bill is $35 a month. I have no in, no cable. I have no television at all. And I have no internet. I, pay, I have a phone bill and that's, you know, a cell phone bill uh, and that's it. Uh, and the electricity and the rent. That's all I have. And that's all I needed. That's all I, for two years I've been living like that. And I'm just as happy or happier living this way than I was before where I was paying a bunch of money for what cable paying cable bill. That's, you know, over a hundred dollars and I never watch TV. So, you know, you just got to get rid of that stuff. You don't need it. That's the thing. You you need a cable line in order to get cable. So you got to buy the line, then get cable. And then you need like the Wi-Fi router. Then you need like phones and laptops to connect to it. But if you haven't got any of that stuff, you don't need that stuff. Right. And then like, that, that's the thing. We, we follow this pattern and it keeps going domino effect. And it's like, well, yeah. you, why are you going down that path? You need to reverse. And isn't, I would love nothing more than to have like a generator solar paneled on my cabin roof, yeah. electricity. <laughs> I don't need gas for heating because I've got electricity from the heaters. So I just need electricity powered by the sun, one off payment of the generator. I have water because I have my own like filter system from the rain. Again, you pay it once and that's it. Mm-hmm. don't need wi-fi and if i have i've got yeah. it on my phone i'll go to the library or the cafe i've got yeah. wi-fi mm-hmm. netflix i connect to the tv via my phone and i've got saved on my phone through downloading it in the cafe mm-hmm. so now i don't need cable i've got netflix haven't yeah. even paid for it because i don't need data because i i download it through wi-fi and i yeah. stream straight to the tv so mm-hmm. i don't need even data from the sim my phone I mean, I could use that same phone from five years ago because it does the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you're smart and you, you grow your own crops and food. Yeah. Right. And you get your friend to buy you dinner because you helped him with knowledge or you helped him fix his bedroom or you painted his wall or you helped him do the garden. So now he pays money for your food. So you don't need money. You don't need a bank to get paid for your check. We can live as a monk. Mm-hmm. If you're smart, right. trading like I'll do this, you do that. It's Who bartering. Says you can't? Yeah, exactly. It's bartering. bartering. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, don't pay me to clean the garden. Buy me a meal. He's right. gonna be like, fine. I don't. Yeah. Fine by me. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. My daughter's community. She lives in Nevada City, California, and as I said earlier, she owns her and her husband own an organic farm, and they they have goats. They so they just started milking the goats yesterday. But anyway, her whole community, her friends and people in the area are all just like that. They barter. They have a barter system. So she can give somebody down the street goat's milk, and they grow flowers and so she gets fresh flowers in her house or so that's how they communicate um and that's how they get the things that they want and the people the 
so it's a bartering system and it's it's brilliant um and they grow their own food and i told her if the, if the world ever comes you know if, if things are really happening in the world i'm going to go live at her house <laughs> literally because everything comes from nature anyway there's no such thing yeah. as cost or this is worth more than that so actually my lettuce is worth two pound in walmart your carny's only worth a pound you need to give me an extra pound it's like no fuck off the bees made this and god made the other leaf so right. why would i do that it's only like increased because you're paying for walmart's trucks the rent electricity yeah. and he wants to make a profit to get yourself a yacht so everything's increased by 14 percent. and you know i think that very soon everything's going to go down to an equal bartering system where it's all worth a pound because think about how many hair salons there are and barbers and car washes it's going from like seven dollars to six dollars to five dollars the only way you compete like when oil and petrol stations you have to lower the price and if somebody's keeping it at this price you're going to be washing cars for literally a dollar because if you don't you're not going to get anything and he's going to go down to 90p 80p everything's going to go down to equal trade again because i mean that's just it's just it has to happen yeah yeah i can see it going that way as well yeah crazy okay um we've done an hour um do you want to plug anything whilst you're here website social media or anything yeah absolutely so um i am a trauma and addiction coach um and uh my website is guild g-i-l-d coaching.com and the name of the program that we just uh, launched today is recovery focus reset and we help people that are in trauma and addiction recovery um, get rid of their old um, belief systems and ways of thinking that they've um, from their past trauma uh, and start living a, a new fresh life of passion and purpose uh, my name is Kendra McLaughlin, so if you want to look me up on Facebook, um, I can get rid of some of the 5,000 friends that I have to add you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I live in the US, USA. I'm in the UK net right now for three months till the end of May if they let me go home. But I live in the state of Maine, which is a fantastic, it's, it's, a, it's such a beautiful state. We have lobster and blueberries, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful state. Um, so uh, follow me on Instagram. It's McLaughlin, uh, Kendra. And um, I really appreciate you giving me the time today um, to talk to me. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. No problem. I'm just going to press stop and I'll say goodbye. Okay, at the end, right there. <laughs>